because it means it's Friday morning. It's 10 a.m., but maybe it's not if you found this later on. But right now, live, this show is Friday, 10 a.m., from the top of my house. Actually, well, top of the house, below the roof, two flights up from the kitchen, in my attic. That's right, in the attic. Kaz, you're trying to, like, figure out the map. You're like, where's he going? The logistics of how did he get to the attic. It's your boy, your pal, the nonprofit sector connector and that's what i'm all about man it's about connecting nonprofits. it's about connecting leadership of nonprofits. it's about 60 days of service why tommy d well let me just tell you tommy d he's talking to himself again yes i think there's three different guys in that conversation bring it back why because nonprofits change our world it's the nonprofit organizations it's the leaders of these organizations and their teams that make the incredible impact whether it be a social cause whether it be technology and stem these are the organizations that are out on the front lines. I am blessed to have this opportunity. This is the 69th episode of Philanthropy and Focus. And I tell you that, I'm going to start telling you every week because we're on our way to 100. I got 50 years of life left. So we're on our way to 100. But I think if you take 50 weeks times 50 years, that's 2,500 episodes. So one day I'll be telling you, hey, it's your boy, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you. I can't get up to the attic anymore. <laughs> Because I'm an old man, Kaz. Like I was like an old man in that little role play I did there. Look, I'm going to be doing this show as long as I can speak and as long as people are paying attention. I might be doing it in the metaverse at some point. We'll talk about that in the future. But look, nonprofits are changing our world. My mission, my impact is to help them tell their story. And as I like to say, amplify their message. This relationship, it's a new relationship really for Kaz and I. We're just starting to get to know each other. Kaz Alexander Pinkard from Hit the Books. But it's another product. This relationship is another product of the Institute for Nonprofit Practice, this cohort that we're in together, course certificate program, which we actually all met last night. And uh, I'm always taken by the, the conversations, especially we have a smaller cohort when we get together with a smaller cohort. I mean, we're trying to figure out, we're about to graduate and we're figuring out how are we going to stay together? How are we going to keep in touch? How are we going to do that stuff? It's kind of like the last day of, of high school. I'm a little teary-eyed. I'm gonna, I haven't cried on the show in a while, so I'll try to keep it together. But I will tell you just the relationships that I've created. You know, uh, Tammy Ellen McLaughlin has been on the show. Michael Pardis was on the show a couple of weeks ago. I'm sure you guys remember that episode. It was a great episode. And now Kaz is here. And I know other friends and colleagues of mine from this coursework will be coming through the attic at some point soon just to do two things, tell their story, and I'm going to help them amplify the message. Kaz, first of all, I got to say a couple of things. Thank you for being here. Welcome to the show. Welcome to my attic. What's going on? I'm here. I'm in the building. Thank you, Tommy. I uh, really appreciate being here with you this Friday morning. Uh, I love your energy and your enthusiasm uh, coming in the gate. I have a very similar, uh, let's just say, up, up, uptown, uptown energy. <laughs> let's do it. You know, New York, it could be Jersey, it could be uh any part of i think the tri-state area energy um i think we both had that at yeah. all times probably yeah so always always like, until i <laughs> until i don't which is sometimes in the day when i got nothing left because i'm sort of spent like i used it all and then and then i kind of like you know it's like 11 o'clock at night you know it's 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 dangerous being tommy d all day kaz let me just say that it, it could be tiring is what i will tell you but i'm fueled by caffeine and passion so i'll be i'll make it through i will tell hey, you I'm, you made me think, right? <laughs> you made me think of something. Tomorrow, just a quick shout out, Angel uh, Rodriguez has been on the show. He's the founder and executive director of Avenues for Justice out of the Lower East Side. They do some work up in Harlem as well. I'll be in the city with these folks tomorrow. Thanks to my dad sending me in with the Italian ices. I always get the Italian ices for the nonprofits, which if that's appropriate for Hit the Books for some event, we'll talk about that. And I'll come in and, and do a little bit of scooping. Uh, I, I got my scooping game down pretty well. I was scooping last night for last week, actually, for Best Buddies. Uh, out here on Long Island. Anyway, let's get into this conversation because I, I, I think about, I have so many questions for you. Before we even get into the questions, let me just read some of, of your background. So, so Kaz holds a BA in history and also earned his master's degree in education from the University of Virginia, as well as postgraduate certificates from Fordham, go Rams, right? Baruch College and NYU. And as an independent consultant, he founded Teachable NYC, which is an organization whose mission it is to support the creation of diverse and inclusive programs for children. Having four children, you know, talk about diversity, talk about inclusion, you know, diversity and inclusion and equity and belonging and on and on and on. And, um, you know, I, I've, I, when we did our, it's funny, I'll bring up school again. I like to say school. 
Like when we go to class, I go, we gotta go, I gotta go to school tonight, like a little kid, you know, like it makes me feel like a kid again. But, <laughs> but when, you know, we did these pitches, um, uh, pitch the funders, right? And it was, I talked about the uh, organization that I sit on the board of called Spirit of Huntington Arts Center. And I talked about inclusion from the perspective of intellectual and developmental disabilities. So there's so many different facets and maybe we'll get into some of the, the DEI stuff that we, we talk about. I mean, I know it's something that you specialize in and focus on, but we're also gonna talk about what CAS does with Hit the Books, which is an organization that, you know, I, I wanna say there's an MMA component to it, man. So I, I got, let me just say what it is and then I'll ask my questions. Educational programs, mentorship and mixed martial arts classes to kids in Harlem from age six to 13 to help these students progress outside of the classroom, emotionally, intellectually, and physically. All right, man, let me start with this. Why, why the MMA? Like, where does, like, where does that piece come from? So I think uh, two parts to it um, with regard to Hit the Books. So Hit the Books, uh, we opened in 2020 really with a focus on health and fitness for young people. We are all super um, health conscious fitness. I wouldn't say junkies because I feel like that has a bad connotation, but um, junkies. So we're fitness people. Like we're really into it. Um, everybody that works there. Really called, they, like a gym rat, like gym rats, right? Yeah, uh, pretty much everybody that's there. Um, but your entry point to that might be different, right? Like so folks have different... Uh, different ways of accessing fitness and health. Um, the folks that are a part of our team just happen to be people that have a love for boxing, kickboxing, uh, Muay Thai. Uh, so our director of mixed martial arts um, is a Muay Thai specialist, former professional. Um, and so people are bringing, I think, their uh, own skill set to the table. Uh, but our focus is on teaching kids um, the benefits of mixed martial arts, the benefits of uh, boxing, kickboxing, wrestling, grappling, um, and what that could do for them uh, in terms of discipline, discipline, in terms of commitment. Um, but I think, you know, when it comes down to it, we're all just really health conscious um, people and we want the best for our young people. Uh, and opening Hit the Books in the midst of the pandemic really taught us, you know, how to move. Like discipline was the name of the game, right? For everybody. doesn't really matter what your age was. Um, in summer of 2020, if you weren't disciplined then in New York City, then you weren't safe, right? Um, so it was uh, nice for us. Uh, you know, the pandemic has been, um, you know, the worst thing um, or one of the worst things that, that has happened in our lifetime, right? For many of us. Yeah. Um, but through every um, challenge, there is often, um, I'm not going to call it a silver lining, but some sort of lining, right? Something yeah. that you can take from that. And I think um, for us, it hit the books, the, the real learning, the real lesson was that we can make something out of this um, out of this process that we're going to. So we leaned into discipline. We leaned into commitment. We leaned into trying to figure out how to create a safe space for young people to exercise. Um, and it just so happens that mixed martial arts um, is an individual sport, right? Um, so, you know, when we're talking about uh, keeping distant from one another uh, to stay healthy and fit, yeah. but we need to find something to do. It was a, it was a nice fit for us. So it's um, indiv and, I, I want to stop you there because yeah. you said no, it's, no, it's individual, but the grappling and, and you're, you're kind of. Yeah, if you're working on, yeah, well, once we get there, because pandemic's not over, um, <laughs> but you know, when you're starting with some of the techniques around boxing and kickboxing, you're working by yourself, right? Yes. Ultimately, you'll have an opponent, um, right? But right now, when you're seven, eight, nine years old, and you're, you know, coming into our gym for the first time, into our facility for the first time, you're really learning technique, and you're really focused on your own body, um, the rhythms of your body, the way that your body moves, some of your stylistic choices, um, they're just learning that. And it's just fantastic to see kids, um, especially those who were sitting at home, didn't have access to, you know, um, healthy, uh, I don't want to say choices, but, you know, being outside um, at that point in time, like well, lose it was, weight. It was still, it was, yeah, and you look, well, it, again, it was still six months, like, really just, all right, so we got this, we're going to go in a lot of directions. I got to kind of, I started off in a direction and I'm like, wait, I want to go to another direction real quick because I always like to go to, Who's this guy, Kaz? Like, why Why 20 years of experience in nonprofit management and education? Like, I, I, I'm always drawn to, there's often a story. There's a story of, of, well, there's always stories, but often there's a story in the sense of, I went into this nonprofit world because of this. Maybe it was a catalyst, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a family situation, whatever. 
for you, Kaz, what was it that drew you to this type of work? Um, I always say this, I've never had any other type of work. For those folks that have uh, met me out in the field, uh, doing workshops, coaching, um, uh, just being a nonprofit practitioner professional, I've never not worked in nonprofit. So this is the only job I've ever had. My very first job was at Brooklyn College Camp Cub. I was 15 years old and I was a junior counselor. So I have never not worked in nonprofits. So for those folks who are in the youth development uh, field, you know, people who have had jobs like program assistant and activity specialist, um, you know, assistant teacher, uh, coach, those have all been my title at some point in time. Um, in my career, I just so happen to now uh, be the executive director of a nonprofit, um, the founder of another uh, organization that supports nonprofits. Um, but when I go to work, still the young people call me the janitor. Um, because I still teach out there. What, wait, wait, they, well, you, they call you the janitor. Why? Why would they call you the janitor? Because I still clean up after everybody. That's always <laughs> been why I'm at work. And I, I don't think that's ever going to change. Um, I'm a lifelong educator. My mom is a teacher, uh, uh, the best teacher. And I've never had any other job. I, I'm only familiar with schools and school type settings, um, after school programs. Uh, I ran a summer camp when I was, my very first directorship was at a sleepaway summer camp in rural Virginia. Um, so even in those moments where I was in an environment that wasn't New York City, um, I was still with uh, young people and with other young people who worked with young people. Are you, so from, are you from New York City? Did you grow up in New York? Uh, I was raised in Queens, uh, Long Island City. I went to yeah. high school in Brooklyn. Um, so this is my teacher voice. It is well rehearsed to practice. This is not how I sound to my family and friends. And when I do, they they don't appreciate it and they tell me about it. So uh, <laughs> oh, sometimes sometimes the teacher voice comes up in the other part of your life, you're saying, and, and they, people don't love it as much. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, we have a tendency to think that we know everything and then to sound like we know everything when, in fact, we don't know anything. We should be asking all the questions. Oh, so, man. You know, at, yeah. at 44 years old, I learn every day that I know very little. And and I don't say that to be self-deprecating. It's just real, man. There's so much to learn. We do another show here on the network called the Professionals and Animal Lovers Show. And I've gotten involved with some animal animal advocacy about a pup, an anti-puppy mill bill in New York State right now. And I'm learning about legislation, things that I never learned about in my life, but I'm learning about this. And I think it's cool. And I was on the phone with a, a Queens uh, assemblyman from Queens yesterday talking about this and and he's going to be up up in albany and 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 doing things that that i sort of had a, like maybe i got some influence in that and that's exciting but that's like learning it's like holy cow man i'm charged up about this stuff so so i think you know certainly we can always continue to learn and always continue to be exposed to new things and that's that's kind of exciting kind of no that is incredibly exciting to me i want to mention one thing we're going to go to a quick break but you mentioned schools and camps um a couple Maybe three weeks ago, I had uh, Linda Beagle Schulman, who is the mother of Scott J. Beagle, who was tragically murdered down at the Parkland shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. I just want to call it out because they have a great program where all the dollars that are raised in Scott's in the memory of Scott um, take young people exposed to gun violence situations and sends them away for camp, summer camp. And so to get them into a different environment. So there's just something there might be cool for you guys to connect. We're going to come right back. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk more about you, your background, talk about the organization, talk about impact. And what I always like to talk about towards the end of our conversation is who do you want to meet, Kaz? Who, who are the connections? Who are the people that you want to meet for yourself, for your business, for Hit the Books? This is Tommy D. That's Kaz A. I just initialed them. I just did it. We'll be right back. Thanks, Kaz. <laughs> Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? 
I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. That's what I'd like you to do every single Friday morning at 10 a.m. Cut through the static. Just like push the static out of the way, chill out, mellow out. Namaste. Namaste in the attic. That's where I'm going to stay. But look, chill out, relax, cut through the static, and join your board, the nonprofit sector connector in the attic every Friday morning at 10 o'clock until they won't let me do it anymore. That's how long we're going to do this show. All right. So, Shout out to some friends checking in. I know I can always count on Mick Collins. Already has the Hit the Books, nyc.org on Facebook. So that is the website for Kaz's organization, Hit the Books, nyc.org. I made a comment about maybe I got a little bit of influence. Valerie says, my co-host says, you, you absolutely have influence. All right, fair enough. Maybe I do. All right, I'm kind of a big deal. I'll, I'll just get on my calendar. I'll tell you all about it. I'll tell you how special I am. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Only a little bit. Look, Kaz. You, you had before this before this organization, right? Chief Program Officer at the Boys Club of New York, and you also were the Deputy Director at Ramapo for Children. Again, like you told us in the first segment, there schools, camps, young people. This is where you've been involved with for such a long time. So let's talk a little bit about uh, kind of where Teachable NYC meets what you're doing in in a day-to-day hit the books place because there's obviously this cross-section this this symbiotic i'm i I say obviously i'm thinking there's a symbiotic relationship between the work you're doing there is um what sort of dawned on me somewhere along the line probably internally and then externally with people just calling me (laughs) um to ask for training and coaching and professional development was that you know there are very few people who do the work um, who are practitioners um, who are also, you know, those who share um, best practices. So, um, you know, after sort of fighting it for a long time, I started Teachable NYC uh, in 2018. Um, and by fighting it, I mean starting my own business as opposed to being a coach and consultant for another, you know, nonprofit or another you said organization. Fi- it, for fighting it, meaning you, you're saying fighting it, like pushing off, like that's not the thing, that's not the mission, I'm over here doing this. Is that uh, what you mean? necessarily that's not the thing but that wasn't the thing for me uh in terms of like starting my own business you know there's a lot of paperwork Tommy. like new york's got a lot of like stuff that you got to do yeah, 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 yeah. no doubt right? I, I you know god forbid you have employees and you need workers comp and payroll taxes I, I i grew up selling those services so i know that stuff man yeah it's a lot so, so you need to talk Tommy, because i'm not great at it um <laughs> kids but i don't know taxes um so you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of work on the business owner end um, that I've that I've been really um, excited to learn because you know just as you mentioned before the break being a lifelong learner is um, I think is part of many of our processes. So for me, that's been you know that's been my pandemic um, has been twofold. It's been actually getting hit the books open um, as an organization as a nonprofit. It didn't exist before um, 2020 um, and Teachable NYC getting it off the ground. So I actually just recently got. My first state contract with New York State, which is a big deal, if I must say, um, for uh, for nonprofit professionals. So my organization helps to support those who do the same work that I do every day. So I teach generally in the morning and I run a program um, in the afternoon. So what my day looks like is hectic and crazy, but uh, there's a sense of fluidity because I practice what I preach. 
right? So I talk about it. So it, it, you know, if, if you're talking about being a nonprofit um, practitioner and focused on youth development, focused on health and safety, um, focused on making sure that your building is up to, say, Department of Health code, and your children are um, well fed, and you know, parents are being communicated with. Um, those are the same things I have to do as part of my regular job, if that's what you want to call it. It's the job that I've always had um, for 20 some odd years. And so, you know, Teachable NYC allows me to actually pay it forward um, and to teach others what I already um, feel like I've mastered. Um, it's nice to be sort of certified by the state um, as, uh, as, a, as a certain, you know, level of mastery in your craft. And, you know, youth development specifically, um, the rules and guidelines, you know, by state are different. And there's no school for that. Right. Mm -hmm. So it really doesn't matter like what your degree is in. Um, there is no coursework as it stands now that's at, you know going to certify you in being, a, let's say, a community center director. Or how would you know how to start hit the books? Right. Like if you're like, I want to start a nonprofit um, that helps to serve youth in my community. How do I do that? Um, I love being the type of professional now who is able to say I can support you and the state says I can support you, too. Um, and so, you know, that's been really beneficial for my my personal growth. Um, it's been my pet, pet project, passion project um, through the pandemic. So I'm happy to have seen it through. That's awesome. Look, congrats on all that. I mean, certainly congrats from, you know, the certification, if you will, or, or you know, the, the state saying, yeah, this is for real. You know what's going on. You know, you know what you're doing. And, and that obviously uh, speaks volumes. I mean, I, I told you this the other day when we were talking, and I, I'm even more enthusiastic about just saying it right here. Uh, we we do a nonprofit executive leadership roundtable the fourth Thursday of each month, and I think you'd be a great if you're, if you're you don't have to say yes right now, but I think you'd be a great speaker at that roundtable because yes, of the, I'll say yes. That a yes, we got them. I that's a, kind of my sneaky move, Kaz. Don't tell anybody. Nobody's listening. Don't I know I know about sneaky moves. I got so. some moves, man. I got some well, you know, because you, you got that MMA stuff. So you know a little bit about moves and stuff. Look, I don't know if you listen to Joe Rogan on, on his podcast or something, but Joe Rogan's a big MMA guy. No, you don't know Joe? Or you don't listen to Joe? We know Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. There's a that, that's we'll leave Joe Rogan on the side. This is Tommy D's show, right? Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> I got so um th there's that that sneaky move that I just did kind of, isn't that like thoughtful though about the MMA stuff? Like I, I started to say there, you know? Um, so yes, I would love for you to speak at that round table because it'll open up this whole dialogue of the youth services. But while you were talking earlier, I wanted to ask you when I grew up, I say I grew up, I was 24 years old when I started working for ADP, the big payroll company. A lot mm -hmm. of the communities I worked in was Southeast Queens. And a lot of the businesses I dealt with were, uh, they, how did they say it? they were family home daycares they were daycares yeah. in settings so often they you know be in somebody's house the first floor of someone's house or maybe even other uh, sometimes it was you know a building um the, the services that you're providing not all of those organizations are not-for-profit organizations many aren't many are are, are uh businesses um do, do you see that that fits like the education work you're doing? Because I, I, again, I'm going back to like, it is, it is 10 years oh, ago. No, it's a, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a vital um, aspect of childcare in New York and New York City. Yeah. You know, there are thousands and thousands of families that would not be able to provide um, affordable childcare if it weren't for home daycare centers. So I'm a big advocate. I went to home daycare centers when I was a kid. I went to small mom and pop daycare centers when I was a kid growing up in Queens. Um, so I know how important it is to our community. Um, my courses are specifically for school age childcare. So for children five and up, mm -hmm. um, although there are other agencies and organizations that do um, early childhood and daycare centers. So very parallel work, um, same, uh, same level of certification, same level of work that has to go into um, opening a community center um, for a five, six, seven-year-old uh, to a, a daycare center, right? You're still going to have to be audited and inspected by the Department of Health um, on a regular basis and need to be prepared for that. The big difference is that, you know, Hit the Books as an agency is in a 5,000 square foot facility on 127th Street. Someone is not coming to my home, right, right. to make sure that it's a safe place. And that's also the place that I live. So there's a, a an even higher level, in my opinion, uh, of uh, oversight when it comes to home daycare. Um, and so that certification is required regardless of whether or not you are um, for-profit or non-profit. I can speak to it. Yeah. But I don't give that certification. I, yeah, yeah. No, I just wonder, I just, I just wonder from the teachable NYC. 
I, what's that? You said your mom? I said it's not, it's not my area of certification, but it's my mom's. It is. So that's like my partner in crime. <laughs> well, I love that relationship that you talk about with your mom. I mean, that's, that's incredibly special that you keep bringing it up. But what I was going to ask you there was, I'm wondering if there's an application for Teachable NYC in that daycare setting as well for you to educate those folks. It was just a thought. We could talk about it another time, but it was yeah. something coming up for me. Yeah, I, I can't specifically, and that's where that certification comes in, but I can right. point you to who can. Okay. Um, anyone who's five and up, though, I'm good to go. Because there's some different, I mean, you, you've got four kids, so you know what it's like to have a three-year-old. The rules are different. I know what it's like. To, I know what it's like to have four kids, and uh, it's it's absolutely incredible, Kaz. In every meaning of that word, incredible. You can read in your into house, that. Tommy? It's incredible. That's. I'll leave in it at that. In the attic with you? No, no, no. No one's allowed in the attic. This is only me up here in the attic, man. Yeah, yeah. I got some rules. I got some rules. They bring me some iced coffee up here sometimes, so I'm appreciative of that. And sometimes, sometimes a donut. I want to go into. We're going to take a break in about a minute, but I want to go into this. You know, what a day in the life at Hit the Books really looks like, because, uh, you know, I'm assuming, it, it, you know, this age group, six to 13, they're in school during the day, whatever that is, eight to two thirty, eight to two forty five, eight to three o'clock, whatever. And I get I, I gather that this is after school. They come yeah. in with their book bags, with their homework, probably Ooh. some I like snacks. So there's probably some kind of snack situation going on. I would imagine there is. That's probably not the focus, but I like snacks. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it could be the focus. So they, they come in every day um, with their book bags, with their homework, and with a lot of energy yeah. um, from starting right. on a school day. And so that 2.30, 3 o'clock, 3.15, 3.30 hour is a mad rush for kids coming in um, from various different schools. So we have kids that are in public school, private school, parochial school, charter school, and some homeschool um, who come into our facility. Um, they have a rotating schedule and uh, between snack um, and their homework, they start off the day, you know, change into their little uniforms um, for mixed martial arts class, uh, and then they get to work. So it's either academic tutoring. So we support Okay, so them. they will knock out some homework. Like, it, yep, you, they knock you, out so you try to work out some of that energy, right? Like, yep. um, and, and community time. So we have our learning center. They're moving around. Um, we are in constant conversation to make sure that they're feeling well, especially at this time, the last two years you know, has really been built on wellness checks um, before they move into mixed martial arts class um, and academic tutoring. So those are the two main components of our program. Um, and like you said, we have snack and we also serve supper at the end of the day. So really? you're, you're coming in for the full gamut when you come to hit the books. We try to that's give, awesome. give them everything that they need. So, the, and again, we'll go to a break in a sec, but that's really helpful for, for parents who are working full time, right? Because, you know, most people shift the pandemic Prior to pandemic, you know, people who were not working from home, but most people still leave their their residence and go somewhere now. Uh, you know, two, two o'clock, two thirty in the afternoon is not really break time for somebody in business, you know, or who has a, a full time gig. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. We'll keep talking about hit the books. Kaz Alexander and Tommy D in the attic. Right back. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. 
Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Welcome back. is called Philanthropy in Focus, and I'm called Tommy D. I like to call myself the Nonprofit Sector Connector, and I'll tell you that I like to call myself that because it sort of says your, your job is to put people together, Tommy. Your job is to, to make an impact on this part of the world, the nonprofit sector. Do you know, Kaz, you probably know this, but some of my listeners don't know, there's 36,000 nonprofits in New York City alone. 36,000! Is nonprofit a big deal? Well, 600,000 people in New York City. That's just the five boroughs. For you all who are listening somewhere else, that's not New York. There's five boroughs of New York City. And uh, 600,000 people work for nonprofits. Yes, nonprofits, an incredibly big deal. Um, shout out to my friend Ken Serini and the New York City Imagine Awards. I've been on that committee for, uh, well, that committee since it started, but the Long Island Imagine Awards just celebrated the 10th anniversary, and we had the event last week, so that's pretty special. Yeah, it's a big deal. So I, I want to, there goes my notebook. Kaz, I want to ask you, what what was sort of the catalyst of, of this? Like, what, why, when, when you were sitting around with the folks who were part of the founding of this organization, why why was hit the books necessary like what where did that come from um well i think you bring up a really interesting point uh, around sort of nonprofit and the 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 sort of complex that it is right um especially in new york city there's a lot of nonprofits there's a lot in the market um but there are still a lot of gaps in the marketplace right um, I think for those of us who brought Hit the Books to fruition, um, our board are really, really keen on, again, the discipline and the merits of uh, mixed martial arts, uh, martial arts in general, and, and just uh, youth development and, and sports and youth development. And I think we recognize the gap specifically in Harlem for children to have um, safe, affordable places to exercise and to stay healthy. Right. So if the the health of our young people is really important to us, that means that we're going to create spaces for them to to be able to explore that those places should exist. And so while we might have a lot of organizations and nonprofits that um, support young folks academically or support folks, maybe um, artistically, uh, we very rarely have the combination of the two. So I'm really proud of the fact that we have a facility that does health and fitness, but that also does academic enrichment. Um, at the same time, you don't have to go somewhere else. Um, you don't need to bike out or boat out or take a bunch of equipment elsewhere. It's all in-house. And so um, for us, making sure that it's accessible and affordable to young people where they live uh, was really the impetus for our creation. So, you know, I, I don't want to put you on the spot if it's a question, you, you know, you can't answer, but, you know, there's we, we hear the term food deserts and, and food inequality, and you're talking about health and, and wellness for, for these young people. I'm wondering, you know, how much of that nutritional conversation comes into play? I joked before about snacks. Look, I got a sweets problem, man. I, I love cookies and donuts and all this stuff. And I know it's bad for me, but that's my thing. And I like to eat them. And, um, you know, those little Entenmann's cookies and, you know, like Entenmann's chocolate chip. I will tell you, man, like I could literally buy them. And like before I get home from the supermarket, the box is like half empty because like that's how delicious they are. And I at the other day, I had one in the back seat of my car, like hidden under a shirt. And my my older. Yeah, well, that's kind of, you know, yeah. I hit it. So my son, my my older son saw it and he goes, oh, get that. Let me get in there. Let me get those cookies. I go, no, I said, I didn't, I didn't get those for you. Like there's other stuff you got. Like I got those for me. Like I'm hoarding like the cookies and he, he didn't get. He didn't get any. And then I realized I bought a box of Entenmann's donuts and he, he like turned his nose up at the donuts, which means I should just buy the donuts because then he don't want them any. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like that's strategy, man. I learned. I understand. I grew up in a house full of a uh, house full of boys and men. Yeah. Uh, my mom was the only woman. <laughs> and, exactly. uh, and yeah. And it was a it was an all out war for um, for snacks. Um, all the time. Um, and I never realized actually how much we all ate. Um, and my <laughs> consumed a lot. How, how many brothers do you have? Uh, uh, three, but grew up with two in the house. Um, so we're, uh, we're all fairly the same size, um, plus my dad. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there was, a, there was a lot of men eating. Um, but the biggest clamor, oddly enough, would be for mangoes, right? Really? So if you find 
Yeah. So uh, my household was the kind of household where, yeah, there was like, you know, cookies and cakes and stuff. But like the real thing that got us was fruit on the table. That's so, great. you know, there are some there are some like easy things that we can do that sometimes we don't think of doing or um, we don't necessarily know the right way to take care of of fresh food. Yeah. Right. And like sit it out. Maybe you don't. Right. So that it lasts longer. Um, but we were, you know, peaches and pears, grapes, apples, oranges, bananas is my favorite fruit. Um, all the time. So if you brought a mango, if you brought a mango, if you better had brought five mangoes, don't come home with one. If there are not five, then we're going to have a problem because there's already a one. I got to tell you about, all right. So I got to tell you about mangoes real quick. And then I got to, we go to the, this is what happens on my show because this is just like you and me having lunch together because we're just kind of hanging, right? But like, I want to tell you about mangoes. So I mentioned my dad, he owns Ralph's Italian Ices out on Long Island and I, I give out the ices for nonprofits and whatnot. They just got a new flavor, spicy mango. Now, I don't know, like, isn't there a, like a, uh, I was going to say ritual, but like people put like spicy flavor on the mango. Like what's, what's that? You familiar with that? Um, some people put tahini on mango. Some people put salt. Um, it depends. I think on sort of your cultural culture, right? It's a cultural. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like mine just plain. However, one of my best friends is, a, a, I even, I have even had the mango shaving Olympics in my um, house uh, because I have friends from all over the world yeah. who all grew up eating mangoes. Doesn't matter if you're from Southeast Asia or Trinidad or you know whatever part of the Caribbean. Or Af- everybody's had mangoes, yeah. so like we've had like who can get the skin off the mango the closest? Right? <laughs> How do you do? How, where do you where do you rank? Oh, I'm like second to last. I'm terrible because I grew oh. up here. I didn't grow up elsewhere where like mango mango meat is a premium so like i to this day i'm like well i started i think the mango i started the olympics because i wanted more meat on the mango so i'm like oh, so all this right, more, talk about strategy yeah. it was more like i need to learn new techniques so let's put a game around it and then people will help yeah we're all eating this mango we need more of it so like you know, <laughs> can't, can't afford can't afford to throw any out all right so I, I will tell you shout out to my wife because i watched her recently like Again, if you have donuts in the house, people can eat donuts. But if you have other things in the house, she had like this platter. She put it out for the kids. She's really trying to, because we got all these sports. I got four kids. It's it's springtime. There's games all over the place. So she's trying to put some talk strategy. She's really putting some strategy in place. Um, it's what affords me to stay up here in the attic all day. But she put like, she had a big old fruit platter with like strawberries and pineapple and all this stuff cut out that, that cut up that they're going to go to it. Like to your point, because it's there. If there's peaches and plums, they're going to eat the peaches and plums and the grapes. If they're not, you know, if it's cookies and donuts, and you know, that's why we keep the cookies and donuts in the attic because it's better for for the for the man in the attic. <laughs> it's better for them. I'm I'm trying. I'm protecting you guys. I'm protecting them. Let me when you so go back to what I was saying about that. Is there a you know how much focus, if at all, are you able to do? You bring in nutritionists. Do you bring in different folks to talk to the kids about this and and the families really. Uh, at Hit the Books, I think we're getting there. You know, right now our focus is on making sure that the kids are making healthy choices. So we provide uh, healthy snacks every day. Um, we are also um, supported by the state, by New York State, um, through the CACFP program. So um, a program that helps um, agencies, community centers um, to provide healthy snacks. So we um, come in every day, or our kids come in every day, and they have fruits, uh, oranges, apples, pears, plums, all the good stuff that they can choose from. Um, and, and we have a couple of policies around what they can't bring in, right? So um, oftentimes that's the really big, uh, I think, turnaround with parents, especially when you're new to Hit the Books um, and you may be picking up your child from school and bringing them to Hit the Books, or maybe you have a, a sitter or an older sibling who's dropping them off. Um, mm-hmm. We've had to you know, hold folks at the door to say, you can't bring in fried foods, right? There are no sodas. Um, coming in the building, and so um, that's a hard a hard no for us. Uh, yeah. hit the book. we that's are a about big stand, but you're making a big stand in doing that. You know, because because those uh, those habits that we that we make as as young people. I mean, I, I joke about the sweets, but I mean, it, it's it ain't good. I know it's not good. You know, but like three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm a little stressed out. You know, donut yeah. makes me feel a little better about life. <laughs> Everything in moderation, Tommy. So no doubt. Like, my mother's been telling me that my whole life. Cass- I, I guarantee you, before the, I guarantee you there's a healthy snack or a healthy fruit in this house. 
Yeah, you know what? I will. <laughs> I'll tell you this. You say everything in moderation. My mother's been telling me that for 44 years. I will tell you this because I shared it on the show, so I'll share it again. Uh, I haven't had a drink in 11 years, and I'll just leave it there because I don't do moderation all that well. So that's why the cake. That's why I could eat a box of Entenmann's all by myself. <laughs> so you got to have like you got to put guardrails around. Pick, you know, pick your vice. Pick your yeah, vice. right on. Self awareness, man. You know, right? Yeah, you got to have it. So I want to talk, which I know is important that you wanted to make sure we hit upon too. NYC Pride. Is coming up let's let's discuss that let's jump into that too absolutely um so i love the fact that you sort of asked the question early on about why i do this work um and i think you know beyond the fact that like education is in my blood um i remember being a young person who didn't feel like they belonged um so that's sort of the root of everything that i do and, and part of what i do um as well on the sort of um, board level is participating uh with nyc pride uh, so MRC Pride is the largest uh, producer of Pride events in the United States. Uh, and obviously, um, Pride in New York City is a big deal. It is coming up one month from now. Uh, and so I'm really excited about being able to support our organization uh, and bring LGBTQ um, advocacy to the forefront. Uh, I work with a lot of community groups and organizations all over New York City and the tri-state area, really, um, that do work for lesbian, gay, transgender youth, um, making sure that we have safe spaces, um, for young people, for our elders, uh, for folks who have um, uh, failing health, for folks that uh, need support uh, with workforce development, um, uh, and just with being themselves and feeling like they have a, a space uh, in the world. You know, there's so much going on between um, trans rights and, you know, advocacy issues when it comes to um, health and wellness and parenthood and um, just the way that we see each other. Um, or if we even see each other all over the country, um, I am happy that we are New Yorkers um, to some degree because we're able to celebrate a lot of wins. Um, but I also recognize that we need to be able to advocate for folks that might not be um, in the same spaces that we're that we're in. Uh, and even though we are in New York and uh, most of us are in maybe New York City, um, and we have a sense of I think. Um, wholeness in terms of our identity. You know, I remember what it was like to be a young person who didn't feel like they were included um, or that they had a voice, um, even though there were pockets where I did. Um, my whole self wasn't, I think, felt, respected, upheld. So that's part of my mission work. That's part of uh, what I do. Um, so if folks want to find out more about um, NYC Pride, uh, it is the biggest pride in the country. If you miss it, then you blinked too long uh but it is next month uh nycpride.org uh is our website and we have uh, events that are starting on june 15th all the way through uh june 28th so two weeks of events from family movie night uh and uh manhattan to youth pride uh we have a brunch on juneteenth in brooklyn um we have uh parties on governor's island um for two days saturday and sunday um, and of course, our rally and march. Um, so rally will be taking place on Friday, uh, June 24th, and then our march on Sunday, June 26th. Um, you can catch us live uh, in the streets of Manhattan or on um, ABC uh, 7. Uh, we are nationally broadcast. Um, so I was on our broadcast last year, really proud of the work that we've been able to do. It, there, um, there's a, I, I mean, I've been to the parade. It's been many years, but I've been to the parade. Is the parade the big, I'll, I'll, I'll come on this for sure. But is there, is the parade the big focal point? It, it sort of culminates to the parade or, or because it sounds like so many different activities. You no, know, I think it depends on your accessibility point, right? There are some folks who love parades and love marches and there are other folks who want um, things that feel a little bit more family centered or things that are more rally and advocacy focused. I think we have everything. So, you know, for folks that want to be out on a Sunday afternoon in New York City, there's no better thing, I think. But if you really, if you're, you know, we want to create spaces where people, where, where families can get together. So we have family movie night. If you have young um, folks in your family who uh, are gay or lesbian or transgender and want to feel supported, you know, there are 13 year olds who are like, I'm not quite ready to be at uh, the New York at the, City right, right, at the parade. Right. Right. Youth Pride, right? Like I can go to Youth Pride um, and be amongst other 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 year olds. That sounds healthy and safe to me. So, you know, you really have to think about who you are, um, who your family members are, who your loved ones are, um, and what makes sense to you. That's the wonderful thing about 
um, pride in New York City is we have something for everybody. So on our website, you'll see there's probably about a dozen events over the course of two weeks. So please do come out. Uh, we'd love to see everybody there and welcome everybody there. I think that is the, the biggest point of all. I love it. I love it. I, you know, um, I'm actually, I got to make sure I share the, um, the website, nycpride.org. I'll share that during the break. We're a little over on the break. So when we come back, we got to do the lightning round. It's the lightning round. Here's what, Kaz, when we come back, I really want to know whether it be NYC Pride, Hit the Books, or Teachable NYC Connections. Who do you want to meet? Who can the people I'm connected to connect you with, et cetera, et cetera. We probably won't get it all in, but I want you to kind of prioritize over the next 90 seconds on, think about that, who we can make connections with. This is your boy, the Nonprofit Sector Connected. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the Nonprofit Sector Connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Right, so... I always come up with ideas like only all the time. Kaz, like constantly. Like people go, yo, Tony, do you ever sleep? I go, I close my eyes. I don't know if I'm ever really asleep, but I close my eyes at night for about four hours. But I, I like, I just came up with this idea. I call this the lightning round. So my friend, Steve Fry, who comes on after me on the show, Always Friday, he's got all these kind of graphics and backgrounds when he does his show, Always Friday. I don't do that stuff, but I'm thinking I should have like a graphic or like a thunder, like, this is the lightning round. So Dylan, producer Dylan, we got to talk about some kind of graphic and some kind of noise and the whole thing of like rattling cans and stuff like that. But this is the lightning round. Kaz, a couple quick shout outs. Valerie wants my my buddy, my pal Val, my co-host, she's saying we should hook up, um, hit the books with the North Shore Animal League. So we have some friends at the North Shore Animal League and they read uh, they come out and they do some education for the children and they also read to the dogs and they have the kids read to the dogs. And it's like really cute stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned, actually, I know you, you said before you have a couple dogs. What's the, what's the story? Two dogs. Uh, two dogs. Uh, here's my first dog who's, who's sort of pictured here, but the other two are here. Uh, Talia and Kyra um, are both actually sleeping. And um, I, I was going to say you were, you were feeding them before and they haven't come to visit this whole time. So that that's great. Oh, it's called fatherhood. <laughs> well, we should we should compare notes because I'm I think I'm blowing that whole fatherhood thing. I don't I think I'm, I haven't figured it out. So you got to figure it out. So the best. All right. <laughs> well, if all I had to do was give them some food and some water, and they would be quiet, it, like that doesn't work. For kids are different. Anyway, all right. Lightning round, Tommy D. Get it together. Like we we have some time left. We got about five six minutes. I want to figure out. Where can I be additive? Where can my community, my network, the people I know, very cute Valerie says I got some influence. So I do. I'm not a Kardashian, Kaz. If you, can't, just, you might have confused, you might have thought I was a Kardashian. I'm not. All right. <laughs> but I know some people. I'm connected a little bit. So how can we help and, and play however you want to play? Hit the books, Teachable NYC, or, or even NYC Pride. 
I mean, I'm the type of person, um, just like you, Tommy, folks, they don't ask me if I sleep. I do sleep. <laughs> I will fall asleep um, when I need to. Uh, but I do come up with a lot of ideas. Um, and I love working. Um, it's easy. You know, I, I, I that that mantra about be, having sort of work being, um, if you never work. You oh, yeah. I do something you love. You'll never work a day yeah. in your life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, I think, you know, I always used to hear it and we're just like, ah, whatever. But I'm like, do I work? I feel like a, a good friend of mine came to my job once and was like, so you play all day. And I yeah. was like, kind of. Uh, so, you know, if creating spaces for young people is your thing, um, it's my thing. It doesn't feel like work. I love talking about it. I love uh, doing it as a job. Um, so in terms of like connections and people um, within your network or folks that are listening right now or watching, um, you know, if you feel like you need support in um, how to create safe spaces for young children, um, for parents, uh, for folks that want to advocate for social justice issues, um, for LGBTQ issues, then I'm definitely the type of person to reach out to. Um, the work that I do specifically with Teachable NYC is um, really about creating those spaces and about making sure um, that we have as many of those as possible. And I'm unapologetic about that. So if you feel like you need support or there's conversation that you want to have, you don't know how to approach issues with maybe your leadership or um, your staff, uh, with some of your stakeholders in your community, you want to talk about things that you know are sort of um, bubbling up underneath the surface and you feel like you need support, then you know, maybe I'm your guy. Um, Let me stop you right there. And, and those conversations, part of those conversations around diversity and inclusion, right? That That's part of what you're... Absolutely. And I, I like to think of it in a much more expansive way, right? Because we think about diversity and inclusion right now. I think those are, you know, those are beyond buzzwords. And we think about maybe race and, and perhaps gender. Um, but really, like, it's all about intersectionality. And it's about all of the things, right? So if you want to be able to talk about race and gender and sexual orientation and gender identity and what that means for your workplace or what that means for your nonprofit specifically because the rules are very different um, and what that means for creating safe spaces for people, um, young people in specific, then I'm happy to help support uh, as a consultant. Um, and, and, you know, my work with Hit the Books um, and my work with uh, NYC Pride is just a reflection of who I am, right? I'm big on health and fitness and wellness. Um, I'm big on LGBTQ issues. Um, so those are the those are the places where I practice. Um, if that sounds like it's in alignment with you, um, if you want to stop by, if you want to come to an event, if you want to network, if you want to donate, um, we are, you know we are we are happy uh, to receive uh, people and to uh, share the work that we do at Hit the Books. We're happy to share in the work that we do um, at NYC Pride. That is evident. Um, in that those events are open to the public. Um, many of them are free and we want to make sure that people uh, feel like they have access to come and join us. So let me ask you too about that. You, you know, first I want to come, I want to come up to, I'm going to call it the gym. Do you call it the gym? What do you call hit the books? Hit, uh, hit the books. I call it the facility. It the sounds facility. All right. Let's call it the facility. Let's but, call it. but, uh, cause the gym is a floor and yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. All right. How much space is there? Uh, 5,000 square feet. So to me and you, it looks like, oh, that's a, you know, nice, okay size gym. To an eight-year-old, it's yeah. a playground. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got to say some other thing. We're going to run out of time because it's part of the show. It should be like the mantra of the show. I always tell people we're going to run out of time before we run out of stuff to say. Like, that's always how this show works. So um, Ted Smith, did he text you? He did. Ted Smith so, is my old buddy. Yeah. He he and I were just connected by my buddy Sean O'Rourke. So Ted's gonna come on the program here, New Heights NYC. Ooh. So he was as um I forget what happened. I don't I might have said something, I might have said Kaz, or I forget how we just met this week for the first time. I said something that came up and and uh he goes, I know Kaz, he goes, We know each other for like forever. And I go, Oh, that's yeah. hysterical. So profit New York is a small town, so you know, oh you know God. no kid. We're all did uh yeah ted does amazing work at new heights um another sports space youth development um yeah i mean they look that looks like it's, 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 talk about that that's a big old gym like the space they yeah. have well, it's, it's, new, it's new uh newly opened so i want to go check it out i know he's in brooklyn yeah. now yeah he's in brooklyn um, i'm gonna i'm gonna go too maybe we'll make it the same day last thing i want to go to is any events coming up specific to hit the books is there you know an, a gala fundraiser something that you know an open house do you have things like that that we should be telling people about um, not yet. Uh, we will do our first fundraiser likely at the tail end of this year. Uh, we are, we've been really, really, um, really, I think, uh, supported and really lucky to have, uh, you know, our, our financial uh, donations, backers, funders, 
um, really supporting us this first two years of operation. Um, we've been so super tight in terms of like how we operate because we want to stay open, right? Um, schools and folks know this if you have kids close all the time uh, we were able to stay open for you know 98 percent of 2021 without closure uh, so we're we're really really strict and that discipline um, piece is really important to us at the book so we'll likely do our first fundraiser at the end of the year um, but please feel free to always donate. You can find us on Instagram um, at Hit the Books NYC. Um, you can find, uh, as I've mentioned, New York City Pride, where we love donations, but we actually love you to come to our events uh, in person. Uh, yeah. I, I, I want to get out. I want to talk to you, you know, offline and come out to some of the Pride events for sure. You know, um, get my kids um, to potentially come to the ones that are appropriate just for awareness, just for compassion. We're supposed to have... You know, I'll leave you guys with this. I'll get up on my soapbox. I have it under the desk. Okay, there it is. I'm on it. We need to have compassion for each other. We need to show love for each other. That's what this whole society is supposed to be. And I will, I'll just kind of stop there. Kaz, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you committing to speaking at the nonprofit roundtable, which you just did. So thank you for doing that. So we'll make that happen uh, this month. And then uh, last, I'll leave you all with the fact that uh, Deb Jeanette will be here from the yoga program for veterans. I, the whole month of July, I've told you all, is going to be veterans programs. Deb was already scheduled to be here, so we're going to kick it off with her next week on the show. You know how important veterans are, and we need to recognize that and recognize all the services that are there for them through nonprofits. Kaz, thanks for being my friend. Thanks for being here. Dylan, thanks for doing everything. Make it a great day, everybody. Have a great weekend. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. 
You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.